Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer F. Scott Schaefer. F. Scott Schaefer is a commercial and editorial photographer who has photographed everyone from Barack Obama, LeBron James, Mark Zuckerberg, and has worked with clients such as HBO, MTV, Sonos, and Popular Science Magazine, to name a few. In this interview, I talked to Scott about how he got into photography, the keys to his longevity in this business, and I also speak to him about a recent personal project where he photographed prisoners in a California prison with life sentences without the possibility of parole. This is a really great interview that I enjoyed doing. I think you guys will enjoy it. Scott has a real passion for photography and a wealth of experience and knowledge. And uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy and thanks for listening. All right. Well, F. Scott Schaefer, uh, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Alex. It's great to be here. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess just to kind of start off, um, where did you grow up and like what are kind of some of your earliest memories of photography? Sure. Um, well, I guess I the danger years were I, I grew up in the Bay Area, the mean streets of the East Bay of San Francisco, which was basically the Orange County of, uh, of, of San Francisco. Um, and I guess I was introduced to um, photography actually when I was much younger. Um, I was in grade school and I think one of my, I don't know, it must have been like the fourth grade or something. And <clears throat> I think one of my teachers was dating a dude that worked for Kodak. And, um, yep. but he ended up coming in and setting up an enlarger in, um, in uh, the library, like this little dark room they had in the library. And he set up an enlarger. And uh, my first camera was like a, a Kodak Instamatic 126, like this little snap camera. And actually I'm looking at it right now. I still wow. have it. It's right in front of me. That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we basically just took pictures of, you know, I, I think we did pyramids, you know, kids in pyramids in the playground and you know, kickball and stuff like that. And then we got in process, but we were able to make little prints in uh in this class you know it wasn't even, it was just some fun extra thing that we were allowed to do i guess and it was really magical the first time i saw you know the image come up in the developer and i was like what is this this is amazing <laughs> yeah and uh so my my father um at the time we lived in utah my my dad's work took us kind of all over the place and we lived at utah for the time and he set up this little makeshift darkroom under our staircase and, and he had like a light bulb, you know, and a piece of black paper and we set up all the chemicals and I made a proof sheet. You know, I think that's as far as we, we, we I didn't have an enlarger or anything, but we got a red bulb and then we had a bright bulb and we just took the light bulb and made a contact sheet and ran it through the developer, you know, in this little, you know, under the stairway, like Harry Potter lived basically. <laughs> and, um, and, and from there, I was just kind of like, I really loved it. And, um, but I never took classes in junior high or high school. Okay. You're I just kind of let it go. But then in high school, I started really getting into, uh, music, like music was my savior. I lived in the Bay area. So it was the land of, you know, Metallica and the clubs yeah. and Testament and all these like killer metal bands and, so it was the eighties and um and I did a lot of uh hold on. Were you playing music or you were just kinda of going to shows and stuff? 
Well, I, I wanted to be a musician, but I, I didn't have the patience, okay. you know, to, to really practice. I wanted to be a guitarist and I wanted to be a drummer and I play a little bit, but as far as I got was playing like Iron Man, you know, okay. Black Sabbath songs <laughs> is as good as I could do. And, nice. you know, drums, I could play like Judas Priest living after midnight, which was like, you know, and that was about it. So, yeah. um, but taking pictures, you know, a band and, you know, going to shows and things like that. That was my life. That was like my blood, you know, that kept me alive, essentially, that, you know, really, um, you know, um, fed me, you right. know. And, you know, in high school times are, are not easy, at least for me. And, yeah. you know, music was my drug, you know, it really was. And, and it was such a great time, you mm. know, for music at that time for me. So what kind of bands did you uh, yeah. enjoy back then? Well, I grew up, um, you know, you know, it's just all, it was like heavy metal style stuff. So I was really into, I mean, the first show I ever went to, I was nine years old, I, I saw Kiss. Okay. And, uh, you know, and that just floored me, you know, that just, <laughs> you know, my whole life became Kiss and my whole room was covered in Kiss posters and pictures and memorabilia. And, you know, and that's where, you know, I think any kid at that time wanted to be a rock star. I mean, they were like superheroes, mm. you know, and, uh, and so for me, it, you know, it kind of graduated into like the very first Van Halen record. And, you know, when I heard Eddie Van Halen, you know, play Eruption, it's just like, I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. You know, and, you know, just kind of graduated into early Iron Maiden, Judas Priest. Nice. Um, what else was I listening to? I mean, then Metallica came along when I was like almost through with high school. They were starting to play in the clubs and I... I went to one of the first shows they ever played and we just became a huge, you know, kind of little club rat that would like bother James in the clubs <laughs> and stuff. Like I, I have this little series of pictures where, you know, I'd see them in the clubs. They were like, when they weren't playing, they were fans, you know, yeah. so they were there for all the other bands at, yeah. at that time. And so I would just hound them like, Hey man, can I take your picture? Can I take your picture? And I bought him a beer once and, you know, he let me take all these pictures and I actually, that's weird. I just sold one of them to a pick company just like a couple months ago that I guess he approved, but, wow. um, so yeah, that was kind of, you know, my thing and going to clubs and, you know, cool. bothering bands, you know, and yeah, being that kid, that annoying kid <laughs> at like 16. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's kind of where it began. Was there like a point where you kind of started to take your photography more seriously and kind of think it could be like your career or how did that kind of come about? Did, like, did you go to art school or how did that kind of work? Well, I mean, the first thing I ever did is I went to, uh, I was working, <clears throat> I was working at a grocery store and I was going to junior college for like ever. I, I think I went to JC for like five years, kind of going nowhere. You know, I was like sort of a, you know, I was unsure of my future to say the least. And, um, but I always like taking pictures and I took this, um, kind of as like a fine art black and white class. And, you know, I just learned, you know, the art side of it, you know, and, you know, I was always kind of proficient in, you know, in the black and white basics, you know, I kind of taught myself a little bit of that, but, um, but it taught me that I could express myself and I found something I really loved. And, you know, I love learning to light. I love learning process. And then I also love the idea of coming up with ideas yep. and taking pictures. And, and then the best thing that ever happened to me is I, I was working at this grocery store and I got fired. <laughs> and, um, and from that point I was like, you know, fuck this man, I'm going to get a job doing something I like. Yeah. And so I got a job, um, 
uh, at a photo lab and it was a great photo lab because it was a one hour lab, <clears throat> but it also had a full service, you know, darkroom facility. And the uh, owner of the place was, you know, an art center college of design graduate. And he, uh, basically mentored me and taught me how to color print, how to, uh, process handline C41, E6, nice. um, you know, black and white. I was doing copy work and small product work and, mm. you know, and, and it also gave me a sandbox to play in. So I started taking more pictures and, yep. and then at that point I decided I wanted to go to art school, you know, and none of my background of my family or anything are artists or, you know, I, I'd never really been exposed to that world. So, no. um, so I, uh, so I worked really hard, built up a little body of work, you know, that was kind of all over the place. And I applied to this school that was supposed to be the greatest school in the world at the time, from what I was told. And, uh, you know, for me, it was like an art center. Oh my God, Ansel Adams taught there. And for me, <laughs> yeah. I was like a huge Ansel Adams fan, you know, I was like, I, I marveled at the detail and, and, you know, technical brilliance, not to mention the images of his, of his work, mm -hmm. you know, and. So I got into the school, moved to LA and, you know, I think the benefit at that time for me was that I was older yep. and ready and willing. So I was like 23, I think when I went to art school and I, uh, just worked my ass off, you know, and I think being technically proficient, you know, I, I already understood how to use strobe for the most part. All the lab stuff was nothing to me. So I could really work yeah. on ideas and you know working on technique and you know just playing basically so, what what kind of stuff were you photographing when you were in art school did you already kind of have like a goal in mind of the type of photographer you thought you wanted to be in terms of your career or how did that kind of come about no i mean i think at that time it was kind of a heavy time in my life you know my family was you know kind of broken up and you know i was going through some of my own struggles and um so what it really ended up becoming is this kind of cathartic self-expression. Um, I was doing really kind of heavy, dark, dark kind of black and white stuff. And, you know, I, I, I was doing these kind of weird nudes and um, just working a lot with just like, you know, I don't know. It's just, I like drama, I guess. I loved, you know, um, you know, kind of noirish mm. uh, photography, you know, and God, what was I into at the time? I, guess it was sort of, you know, it actually leaves me, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I was just kind of blown. You know, the one thing that actually influenced me the most was probably my fellow students. Okay. Because I was kind of thrown in a pool of people from all over the world that were doing like nude self-portraits and, mm. you know, just kind of, they, they just had a different kind of way to look at things. And I never was exposed to. Yeah. And it kind of just lit me up. And they're also from different cultures, you know, in different places. And it really kind of fed me, you know. And and then, you know, I was kind of, because I didn't really have much as far as influence coming into school. I didn't really know much, you know, at all about the history of photography. I mean, my influences are more in the, you know, Edward Weston, Ansel Adams, just in terms of technique. I was in awe of, yeah. you know, that kind of work at that time just i think technically i was into you know just the mastery of of that and and then when i started to see you know works of like irving penn you know richard avedon um andre cortez like um just 
stuff that really moved me in a different way completely. Um, it just kind of lit me up a lot to make me think in a different way. Yeah. Have you always been, I mean, I know you shoot a lot of portraiture now. Has that always been kind of the focus, mm. focus of your work like all along or did that kind of come about later? No, not really. I mean, like all the stuff I was doing was much more fine art. I didn't even really get into color for a good year and a half. I mean, everything for me, I became very good at black and white, mm. you know, and, and different technique and toning and just, I really got a sense of the camera. Like it became like a, you know, a, a body part, you know, like a sixth, you know, like having a, a third arm, yeah. you know, I just got really connected with it and, and started to really see. And, uh, but no, I, I, I was, I was all over the place in terms of, you know, I liked people. I love photographing people and I liked landscapes to a certain degree, but I guess, you know, the, the first work I did get was shooting people. So I guess my book was primarily, mm -hmm portraiture but it wasn't like formal portraiture it was you know kind of conceptual portraiture and yeah you know sometimes it was just like kind of throwing a person into an environment and lighting them cool and yeah you know things like that and just sort of uh you know really playing a lot with experimentation and manipulation working a lot of shooting a lot with a view camera back then and oh, doing wow. a lot of polaroid work and um i mean that was the thing that was exposed to i had this old calumet view camera I picked up at like a swap meet for nothing and I, I took it through school the whole way everybody had these like expensive scenars and I had this kind of piece <laughs> of shit calumet that was had a great lens and yeah. I just made so many cool pictures with that thing and you know throughout the beginning of my career I was always shooting with view cameras kind of a common thing mm. back then and um so it was really fun to like just you know take the front of the board and just tilt it and do this really shallow depth of field where everything falls out of focus and you just get this one little point in focus. And, yeah. you know, I was really into, uh, you know, doing interesting stuff in the dark room, like making the blacks bleed out with the fusion and then doing bleaching and toning and stuff like Philip Dixon was really a big influence at that time. Who's a, you know, was a great fashion photographer mm -hmm. in the early nineties, along with like, it was, at that time, it was all about Herb Ritz, Matthew Ralston, yeah. um, you know, Philip Dixon, um, Bruce Weber, um, Sheila Metzner. Um, all those people, you know, were just these artists that, you know, did fashion. I, I mean, I always loved fashion photography. I guess I was always attracted to it. Greg Gorman was also a big guy then. And oh, yeah. He did a book of nudes that were really stunning. And But, you know, I wasn't... I just wasn't the right person to be a fashion photographer. I guess I, I, you know, I took this class at art center with Paul Jasmine, who's also in his own right, a great photographer. And he was friends with all these people. And he, like he had Matthew Ralston come and speak to the class. And I was just, I was so shy. I couldn't even go up and say hello. To him. <laughs> I was like, yeah. he was God to me, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, but those guys were like true gifted, you know, photography, geniuses i guess and you can throw that word around but they i mean they they, they to me they were and um, were incredibly inspirational and but as a fashion photographer I, I i wasn't good with dealing with the uh the snottiness of it yeah. all the kind of why did you sort of did you try some of it or did you yeah i mean i i some of my first work i did for levi's and i did you know i worked a lot for mademoiselle in the beginning but i wasn't doing like fashion work i was doing kind of illustrative work that was more conceptual yeah but yeah i i did throughout my career i worked a lot diddling in a fashion sense but i wasn't like a you know vogue style photographer where you do a story on mm -hmm. you know 
clothes or something. Like I, I, I didn't know anything about clothes. I mean, that's what fashion's about. You kind of got to live, breathe clothes, but I was inspired by fashion photography still am. Yep. And, uh, you know, like Mar- Marcus, those guys, Craig McBean, mm. uh, still Steven Mizell. Um, you know, some of those guys just, I look at their work, you know, and, you know, uh, I'm, I'm very, I think it's Guy Bourdain, well, Guy Bourdain, I can't remember, I'm, blo- I'm botching <laughs> it all right. for some reason my brain work. But like, but these really, you know, heavy, you know, big time fashion guys, but they're also very idea oriented. Yeah. You know, they take a shoe and then, you know, mm. I don't know, spill blood on it. It was amazing, you know, stuff like that. I thought that was just So do you think, so, like, um, like looking back, do you feel like going to art school was pretty a valuable experience for you? Or how's your, how do you feel about it? Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, you know, there's a lot of people that left, you know, um, that, either financially just couldn't deal with it because it was very expensive, but also just, you know, art school to me was like a sandbox. It was a place to learn. It was a place to suck up and take time to really like kind of just marinate and become an artist. You know, it was, Mm. you know, yeah, I learned stuff through teachers and, you know, certain things, but for the most part, I, like I said, I was really influenced more by the craft of my fellow students and, the people that come in and talk, you know, and, and just, you know, just being in it, you know, I didn't have a job. I was, I, I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship, you know, on my second semester, I would have not made it, you know, um, I, cause I didn't have the money and, you know, had grants and loans and all that stuff. And the, and the workload was so heavy that, you know, to have a job and do it would have been just impossible to do it well. Definitely. So I was fortunate enough for three years, essentially to just kind of live, eat shit <laughs> photography basically yeah. that's all i did you know i didn't go out anymore you know i i, I didn't have a social life in, in terms of like I, I just wasn't doing anything else that's what i did it was seven days a week pretty much 24 hours a day and for 13 weeks at a time with the three week break in between yeah you know and um and most of that time is still taking pictures or doing something or, mm. you know, going to the desert or just kind of trying to re, re, reboot. But it was an intense experience. It's the hardest I've ever worked in my life. That's awesome. And uh, I think based on kind of fear, you know, that like I was so afraid I wouldn't become a photographer. I think I drove myself Yeah. a little bit crazy, you know. <laughs> um, so sometimes fear is a good motivator, but in the end coming out was like, I was kind of fried. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you kind of burnt, you but, got, uh, get a little burnt uh, out on photography towards the end or something, or you're still pretty. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm the type of personality. It's pretty perfectionistic. Mm-hmm. And I, I tried to go through, uh, an experience like that. And then I, I was actually, again, fortunate enough to where I started working while I was in school. And when I left school, I stayed working and haven't stopped since, you know, and that was a long time ago. Oh, and, wow you know, had an agent within six months, Damn. you know, so I was like basically out of like out of it and then thrown into the fire immediately. And my experience was, you know, minimal in terms of like, I took a semester off and assisted one of my instructors and I watched how big time productions go. And that was kind of really the most experience I ever had assisting. I had a few gigs where I worked with one instructor a couple of times and, yeah. you know, so you know, I didn't even really know the ropes in terms of how productions work, how you put together anything, put together a bid, put mm-hmm. together, 
you know, you know, a, a grip of equipment and assistants and stylists and makeup people, all that kind of stuff. You know, I kind of learned by trial by fire. Yeah. And uh, so that part was actually stressful because back then I did all of it. You know, I get my own equipment. I'd maybe have one assistant, you know, I get all my own props, you know, I'd find the studios, I'd find the locations, I'd get the permits, I'd, you know, pay everybody. And, you know, I put together everything, you know, and, uh, and that was, a lot of work. I mean, photography is a lot of work, but at that time doing all that stuff helped me learn, you know, everything, mm -hmm. you know, I needed to know, yeah. you know, so once I became a little more successful and I was able to hire people to do that stuff, you know, I, I knew what, it, what it took, you know, yeah. to do what it was. And it was actually kind of hard to let go of because I felt like I had control over everything and to delegate out yep. some of those things I held on to so dearly mm -hmm. took some time. Yeah, you know? definitely. So what were kind of like some of the first assignments or jobs you kind of got? I know you mentioned you were kind of already doing stuff in school. Um, what were kind of some of those yeah. kind of early clients? Uh, well, the first first job I ever got was for a magazine at the time here in Los Angeles called LA Style. And it was this like giant fashion magazine. And again, during kind of the heyday and all, you know, all my heroes were shooting for them. Herb Ritz, Matthew yeah. Ralston, you know, all those guys. And, um, I got an assignment, you know, I started dropping my book off at places, you know, I got a portfolio together and I started dropping my book off probably halfway through school, like maybe in my, my second year. And, um, and I got a job to shoot a portrait of Todd Haynes, who at the time, you know, was a kind of a indie director and he, he did, uh, Karen, the Karen Carpenter story with Barbie dolls yep. and became kind of famous and, now he's like a big time director, you yeah. know? And, but at the time that was my first assignment and, and, uh, I photographed him at the Hollywood wax museum and I had one fellow student help me out. And I, all I had was my portable strobe that I own this crappy <laughs> Norman 200 B and yep. which was, you know, battery operated kind of piece of shit actually, but it worked. And, um, I borrowed a Hasselblad cause I never even bought a Hasselblad. I had a twin lens and, yep. And uh, I did a portrait of him in front of this like monstery thing because I think the name of his movie was called Monster or okay. something like that. I can't remember. But I <laughs> I shot one roll of film. He was really <laughs> nice, really cool. But again, I never had any experience, and I just put him in front of this thing. And I was so nervous, and yeah. I I put the light up and shot one polar in, like okay, it looks good, and then. <laughs> And I shot one roll of film and I said, thank you very much. And <laughs> I, I was so desperate, like thinking like this guy's going to just, you know, hate me because I'm taking this picture <laughs> and like yeah. he wants to get done right away because no one likes to get their picture taken. Certainly <laughs> I don't. And he was like, that's it. I'm like, yep, that's it. Thank you so much. It was really nice to meet you. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> and, um, and I mean, you know, I could have sat there and explored it, but I was just, I had no idea, you know, what, what the fuck I was doing, you know, I was just scared. And, you know, the film came out a little underexposed, but it was good and they, they were happy with it. And the picture was kind of cool. It wasn't like the favorite thing by far I've ever done, mm. but, you know, inexperience, uh, you know, was kind of the product of that, but, you know, they hired me again. I did another shoot for them. I did a couple of shoots for them, actually three or four. I became sort of a regular in the front of the book of LA style. Yeah. And then, um, you know, and then my first really big gig was when I was in school, I did a, worked on a, um, brochure for Norwegian cruise line through oh, this wow. agency. It could be Berlin Silverstein in San Francisco. Oh yeah. They're big. And, 
Yeah, and so I go. I took I took ten days, left school, and went on a cruise Damn. in the Caribbean, and yeah, and uh, so that was my first other job. And you know what I started to do, you know, for people that are interested in how to get started, at least when yeah. I started, was I just started self promoting, mm-hmm. and um, and I learned that from other students. But basically, I started making printing little cards of of my work, you know, in the darkroom. Actually, they're you know original little prints I'd make and put like like kind of made put my name on them with a stamp and uh i started mailing them out to places you know matthew Olson said if you want to work for people you know if you want to start getting work you know especially music and things like that go look at the people that are making music pack packages that you like like art directors and stuff so i started doing that yep and sending my work off to record companies and magazines and things and then mm. uh a year before I graduated, I went to New York. I had a, a friend of mine, a really great fashion photographer, um, at school, had just gone. He's like, you got to go to New York. You can stay at this hotel called Hotel 17. It's 150 bucks for the week. There's no phone. There's no bathroom. You shower down the hall. Mm. And you uh, there's a pay phone at the diner at the corner. And you just hit them up, you know? Yep. And uh, so I did that. I went on my own to New York for the first time. I was totally petrified. And... Yeah. Yeah, you know, but I did. I had a list, and I had two portfolios, and I just started cold calling people like an Amway salesman or some shit, you know. <laughs> and um, and uh, you know, I never told him I was a student. I just said, "Yeah, I'm a photographer in from LA. I'm only here for a couple of days. Can I can I come by and show you some work? I promise it'll take five minutes and it'll be worth your time." Yeah. I just had the same spiel, mm-hmm. and I had a stack of quarters pre everything, and you know, I just hit them up and. You know, I started, and then they'd leave messages. I'd, I'd have them call, leave a message at Hotel 17, essentially. So I'd come back from making the rounds, and I'd have a stack of papers from people saying, yeah, come on, by," you know, stuff, which was amazing. You know, in other places, I just, they had drop-off policies, so i dropped my book off and yep. come back and get it, like, later that day. And mm-hmm. they'd give you sometimes this pre-printed note in the portfolio, which is, thank you very much for dropping off your book. We'll consider <laughs> you, keep in touch, blah, 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 blah. Nice. But the the win the win on all that was when you got an actual personal note where it's like this work is really cool like yeah. please keep us informed and like I love it and that was just the encouragement you know that was the the food yeah it gives you, you know that kept me going yeah it gives you yeah, hope. It gives, like, you ho- hey. gives you hope and uh, yeah just keep kind of yeah it's keep... like okay I'm gonna keep I'm on I'm on to something maybe you know maybe this will work out and. Mm. It's an incredibly slow process, you know. It, it's not like you just go out and start working. It takes time, and you have to yep. be on it and really persistent. And uh, mm. yeah, it's know, like I had an instructor say that. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, I mean, I know in terms of like marketing and stuff. I know, like, starting out, you said you're just kind of like cold calling people. Is like uh, marketing something you spend a lot of time thinking about? And what are kind of some of the most like important things you've learned about marketing your photography, like throughout your career? Cause I mean, it is a big part of like running a business, I suppose, you know? Well, the biggest part is you have to do it. Um, you know, it's funny the, the, the most success I've had in promotional pieces have been the ones I've, I've spent the least amount of money on and less production where it's just basically a cool picture with my name and number on it. And yeah. those early days when I was at art school, um, you know, I just make these little prints and, you know, they were just drop-offs. It's something you leave in your portfolio You know, hopefully they take them. You look in the back and see, like, I, I left two promos. Are they gone? Hopefully they're gone. Yeah. yeah they kept them. Yeah. Other ones, like, I had a very small list of, like, 80 people mm-hmm. that I'd send them to and I'd write a note 
to them, you know, specifically as opposed to just kind of bulk mailing shit. Yeah. And um, I think that made a difference where you're, you know, you actually write a personal note and say, Hey man, I'm a really big fan of your work, you know? And yeah, you know, I, I hope you like my stuff. It'd be really fun to collaborate on something mm-hmm. like something that makes it more than just you're sending stuff, Yeah, you know, that act- they look at and throw yeah. in the garbage. You yeah. Actually, you actually care about like the, the company you want to work with them. It's not this like you're spamming. Everybody. Yeah. And yeah. And I think, you know, and certainly that was, you know, pre email, this is, I'm mm-hmm. direct mailing stuff. You yeah. Know? And, uh, everything, and, you know, certainly I think that's a big, important thing. I, and then I would go later in my career where I spent $10,000 on creating this whole book and I bought a designer and I came up with a fun concept and this yeah. whole thing printed like 5,000 of them, sent them out and it just fell flat. Like nothing happened, you yeah. know, zero, you mm-hmm. know, and, um, and the work was good. I, you know, I, I felt like I was in a really strong part. I had a lot of big, you know, artists and it was a clever idea, but it, it just didn't hit. Mm-hmm. But then I did this other thing where it was a little, you know, I got it printed, but I came up with a simple idea and, and at the time it just hit, you know? So it's kind of, you don't know, yeah, um, it's a, you know, certainly right now yeah. it's a different animal, you know, there's spam blocking and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you gotta, and trying to get meetings are really difficult, you know, and I've been doing this for a long time and, you know, yeah. I built relationships over the years, but still to get these people, team respond to an email um, or, yeah. you know, you send promo out or something. It's, you know, I do the same thing. I write a personal note, mm-hmm. you know, I don't email blast and yeah. it's, it's slow. It's time consuming, but yeah, you said I think it's a better approach and it has better effect, you know, and um, yeah, definitely, you know, if you get the chance, if you have the opportunity too, where you get to go into the office and get to meet the people, you know, you got to really, you know, be good at that. They, you know, you got to be someone that, hopefully they want to work with someone that it's like, Oh, this guy's cool. You know, he's kind of easygoing and you know, it'd be fun to work with him as opposed to the opposite, you know, and certainly that happens, you know, people have just amazing work and they're assholes, but they still work a lot. It doesn't matter, you yeah. know, but hopefully, you know, they get two for one with me where it's a fun experience <laughs> and we, we make you know, yeah. good yeah. pictures together. Yeah, definitely, man. seems like a good approach. And then um, one thing I want to talk to you about, um, like looking at your work, um, did it kind of take you a while to kind of create the aesthetic, the way you shoot? Has that kind of like evolved over time? Is it like something you even are kind of like conscious of while you're shooting or how did, how did the way you kind of shoot kind of come about? Well, what do you mean specifically? Like, just like, like, like I guess like looking at your work, like your website now, like a lot of it looks like it's like strobe and like lots of like lights and stuff. And it, it, it is mm-hmm. like the way, like the style of the way you sh- you shoot. Have you always kind of shot in that style? Is it like something that's kind of mm-hmm. evolved over time? Are you like constantly trying to like try new things, or what's your kind of approach? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's sort of like the work has evolved. I mean, I've had many evolutions over mm-hmm. the twenty plus years I've been doing this. You know, and yeah, I mean, I was very simple. It used to be just I you know, use the speed light, you know, with TTL off my 35 millimeter camera. That's, you know, pretty much the most lighting I would do at times and, or portable strobe. And then it graduated into mixing strobe with hot lights. And then it graduated into, you know, I was doing a lot of cross processing and then out of that. And then, you know, you know, certain kind of lighting just kind of evolved over time, you know, trying different things. And actually a lot of assistants would introduce me to stuff too. It's like, Oh dude, I just worked on this job with so-and-so and yeah, 
we just did this thing, check it out. And I was like, wow, yeah, I like that, you know, kind of thing or different modifiers, things like that. But, you know, they, yeah, I mean, there's certainly, you know, commercially, you know, it has evolved into more lighting, more production, bigger stuff, um, more thought out, you know, to the point where they're like small mini movie productions, you know, to, to do some of these shots. And, um, you know, so in a way it's, it's, you know, I, I really like hard light. I like crisp light. Yeah. I always have. Um, when I put a soft box only, I, I, I don't know how to deal with that. <laughs> I'm not a soft light guy, yeah, I, yeah. but I do do it and I can do it well. And there's times where I, you know, I, I pull off some stuff that I really love and it's appropriate to what I'm shooting. I think that's really about, mm. you know, as a photographer, my job is to problem solve. And, you know, so whatever's appropriate for what we're trying to get done is my job. Mm. But yet I get hired for a specific look, you know, as well. And, and that's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing. It could be kind of the death of you, you know? It's like once you kind of get put into a place, then that's how people only see you. And it's hard to kind of crawl out of that sometimes. So the success that you get from something like that, very style strong, mm-hmm. you know, very style, you know, kind of driven, um, you know, people can get sick of or they're done with it or they want to move on or, you know, other people do it and they do it for blah, blah, blah. Who knows, you yeah. know, but... You know, to be an artist, you know, in this business, you know, it's art and commerce to to grow, you know, as an artist as well as being viable, you know, as a selling tool that you can make a living at is tricky, you know. And yeah, it's like, um, it's like a you know, most of the work I have, yeah, well, yeah, it's like you, you know, I've been working a lot more on some side projects, and you know, I took a year, it was a long time ago, but I took a year off and traveled through Asia, and I did all this, you know, portraiture with my Polaroid land camera and it was all natural light. Everything I did was natural light, just open shade. You know? yeah. And I was in India last, last um, summer and uh, for a teaching with the Dalai Lama. And, and I just did all these portraits of these nuns and monks, you know, just, you know, against a wall with open shade and they're, they're really beautiful. And the simplicity of being able to do that and feel that again is, is great. It's inspiring, you know? And, yeah. You it's, know, just working with hot lights, I do do a lot of strobe, but working with hot lights again, you know, with Aries and things like that, and be able to shape light and see it in front of me, you know, yeah. and shoot what I see and really kind of sculpt. Yeah. It's all like kind of stuff that uh, I really enjoy, you know. Yeah, one project. So I, it's one, a mixed bag. Yeah. One project I wanted to ask you about on your website, I saw you did a you did a whole series of amazing portraits of, uh, I think, People, it was prisoners with that had like life sentences mm-hmm. without parole. Um, mm-hmm. how, how did that project? Mm-hmm. How did that project come about? And um, what what were you hoping to kind of get out of that project? I guess. Um, well, that came through a friend of mine. I'm I'm now teaching at Cal State LA right now, and um, okay. at the time I wasn't, but it was a friend through a friend kind of thing where he is a English professor and had been taking courses to uh to the penitentiary in lancaster california state prison lancaster and the specific block was um where these guys were were they had earned to get into this block but most of them are like you know they're they're all life without parole um the possibility of parole which has now changed because a couple of these guys are actually released as a result of this program but um which is amazing yeah but he had been teaching and um, been working on this project and 
And I was like, wow, that sounds fantastic. I was like, you know, I would love to be able to come in and take pictures for you. And, um, and he said, yeah, let's do it. And it took kind of a while to go through all the, you know, security and all that kind of stuff and the, you know, whatever the process was and organizing it, but yeah. it just came about and, you know, I just went in alone with my camera and the lighting was there. I guess they have some sort of inner prison news channel or something. So they have these like one little 650 Airy and oh, wow. a couple of Lumidine and, um, and that was it. They had three lights and, uh, and we just, and then this one guy that was helping me was a, like, used to be a gaffer in the nineties on like music videos. I guess he was like working on Queens right videos and shit. And, um, and he ended up like he, he, I come in and like, you know, we had arranged time and all this stuff and I'd been in and met some of the people and then actually came in with the camera this time. And, you know, we, we had like three hours to go about like the first session and, but this guy has come in, he's got all the lights out. He's got like these little cardboard pieces and stuff <laughs> to like make flags and, nice. you know, and he, you know, he had it all laid out for me with the stool and there was just a wall in the classroom. It's just a, you know, crappy wall. And, and I just started, you know, messing with light and it was really fun because it was so liberating because I was literally, you know, free of like kind of equipment fear. Like I just kind of had what I had and I had to make it work with what I had. And, and it was so fun. And he was like my assistant. He would cut light for me and he was totally into it. I mean, like, he was so excited, you know, to be involved and, and I was thrilled to have him. So I, all those pictures could not have been made without him. And, um, but that's kind of where it began. And, you know, the project itself turned into a show and they made a book out of it, you know, of their writings because it was about these prisoners expressing themselves and learning, yeah. but also, you know, them as artists, you know, and dealing with, you know, their crimes uh, and what have happened and really looking at them. And, um, most of these guys came in when they're teenagers. It's crazy. And it's like three strikes you're out kind of thing, like no possibility. And a lot of them was gang related, you know, back in the nineties with the Crips and the Bloods and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, and some are like these young kids that are just wearing, you know, you would never think hadn't gotten involved. You know, one guy just looked like he'd be your IT guy, you know, yeah. at, at any office. And he was involved in a murder, you yeah. know, and, um, you know, and that was it. So, but they're also sweet and very, uh, just incredible and very grateful. And for me, it was like a moving experience. So I, I went like three times and I ended up making a, a short little kind of moving portrait in motion with them. And now we're continuing the project where I'm actually going to start photographing their families and even some of the victims. Wow. And, um, and going back to the prison and shooting them in their environment too. So it's an ongoing project and it's really taken on like a, a, a growth where now the, the, the educational process is now moved on to other prisons, you yeah. know, in the same, in the same uh, regard. So, yeah. but for me, it was like, it's a very uh, fun experience, you know, and, and moving experience and humbling experience. What do you, so. what did they think? Like when you first showed up with your camera, were they all this pretty much down to be photographed or did you kind of have to like kind of coach them into it or how was that kind of first shoot? No, I mean, there were, no, it was planned. So okay. they knew, okay. you know, and, and, um, so they knew we had it, you know, organized during, I went there during a, sa a class session that I they see. had with this professor. Got it. And, um, so it was kind of organized that way. Yeah. And, um, 
so yeah, they knew they were going to be photographed, and most of them were really excited. But some, you know, were you know, you know, like me, I don't like getting my picture taken or uncomfortable <laughs> in front of the camera, not knowing what to do. And yeah, you know, for me, it was like I'm portrayed in this kind of very dark way. But for me, I guess that's how I saw it, you know. But they they really loved it, you know. They loved the look of how they were, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of played into I guess the whatever that was for them. But for me, it was just sort of this introspective you know, them coming into the light and dealing with the truth of, of what's happened to them and what they did or, mm. you know, what, you know, all of their, their own struggle. And to me, that's sort of what the, the, the motion piece is sort of like that, like that they kind of come into silhouette and then I kind of move the light across them and they see it. And yeah. it's not like I saw the light, but it's sort of like they're coming into sort of the truth about themselves, I guess. At least that's how I interpreted it. It wasn't, yeah. you know, um, yeah, do you feel like do you feel like you kind of learned something from doing that project? Because I I imagine this like going into that environment, it's like most people never even walk into like an environment like that. It's got to be pretty inten- oh, in- intense. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like- it it was very intense and you know very cold and lifeless in terms of a place. It's out in the middle of the desert. It's all you know, it's concrete and dirt and you know razor wire and mm-hmm. guards and yeah. You know, it's one of the rougher prisons, I guess, in the other cell blocks, they have murders, like, constantly, like, apparently, to be a, a guard there, it's not, if you get attacked, it's when, you know, you yeah. will be assaulted, something bad will happen, that's just the reality of the place, and, yeah. um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's still, like, being there, it's, like, the reality of that, it's, like, it's, it's, it's strange, but yet, you see these guys that, um, I don't know. It just makes you grateful you get to leave and, yeah. you know, and, 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 you know, how, you know, we can get so stuck in, you know, what we want or where we think we're, we're, we don't have as much as others. Or we, you know, just get caught up in, you know, compare and despair kind of bullshit, you know, at least mm-hmm. I do. And, yeah. and you just realize the fact that you just have your basic freedom, Yeah. <laughs> you know, your basic you can do this. You can go and, you know, go to a gas station to fill up your car with gas. Like I have a car, you know, I have money to put gas in my car. You know, I have my little girl, I get to take him to school and, you, you know, I, I get to, you know, I get to make a living being this guy, you know, I, I have food in my fridge, you know, it's just basic <laughs> shit, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Those, that, that was an amazing project. I looked at that and I was, that, that was like, this is so amazing, man. I, I've never seen anything like that. So, I can't wait to see what you do with that project in the future. Um, do you, feel, you yeah, do you feel like shooting those like personal projects are important to I guess your photography and like how do you how do those usually kind of come about? Is this kind of every now and again, I guess you just kind of um, yeah, I mean, I think yes, I think it is important. I think it's hard to do, you know, at least for me. Um, yep. But yes, it, it, it inspires me, you know, it gives me um, something to chew on, you know, while I'm, if I'm slow, you know, um, yep. and certainly commercial work, if I, if I rely on it completely to feed me as an artist, it's, you know, as an artist, it's not going to be enough, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, certainly I've been doing this a long enough time where, you know, the fire that's been under me from the beginning is not as you know, you know, my ass isn't as hot as it was, you know, in the, in the beginning days, you know, and, and that kind of lights the fire up to do that, you know, but, you know, I've also, I'm, I'm raising a family. I'm a father now. And, you know, I I have other interests as well that I enjoy, but at the same time, this is 
when I get to work, it's like, I, I realize like it, I get to do this, mm-hmm. you know, I get to take pictures and, and it feeds me, you know, even in commercials, you know, basic portraiture stuff or something I, I do, I can do with my eyes closed. Yeah. It's a blast, you know? And, but you know, if it's easy, then I'm, maybe I'm not pushing myself. And when, you know, I walked into that prison, I was nervous, yeah. you know, scared, not of the guys, but just of like, what am I going to make here? What's going to happen? I wasn't afraid of them yeah. per se, although I had no idea what I was going to get, but I was also like, I want to do well, you know, I want to make some pictures I like, and I really had no idea what was going to happen. You know, I had no idea what, you know, I was going to do, you know, and, um, and just to go through that fear and that discomfort, um, and, you know, that feeling of, Oh my God, did I get it? And going home and like going through everything. I has it in focus. It isn't focused. Like as I was just shooting a card, you know, yeah. like I was free, I didn't have all the, the things that keep me comfortable, you know, having a crew around me or a digital tech that's going through every single frame. Yep. It's yeah. sharp. looks good. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I'm just okay. shooting on the fly and, and working, you know, basically by my eye, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't, it was and working very fast. You know, I have these guys for five minutes, you know, and then they go. And so I'd have to really move quickly and, mm-hmm. you know, connect with them, you know, and, yeah, so that was that's nice to feel uncomfortable that way. Yeah, back, you know, back even to though basics. it is uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's where I am now. I'm trying to sh- shave all that stuff down. You know, I just did a little project with a friend of mine um, last week who started this, you know, company, um, a hat company, you know, mm-hmm. school, like wool hats and stuff. Nice. And we just went down to Venice and started getting people to, hey, you want to put this hat on, take a picture, kind of thing. And I was just working with sunlight you know and working you know at two in the afternoon you know old school you know and and no no nothing just the camera you know and not having the okay i can light it this way or do that which is something i just do you know and uh, no you don't have that you got to work with what you got and it was really fun you know it was really fun yeah that's awesome uncomfortable too yeah, being yeah. That, yeah, being that you sh- you photograph everything from like editorial covers to advertising, I so see you do stuff for like um, like TV shows and whatnot. Um, what kind of assi- mm. what kind of assignments do you enjoy most? Is there like something that kind of piques your interest when you kind of get the call more than others, or what kind of re- do you look forward to doing? Well, most? back in the day, like Clay, you know, Clay, I know you had on Clay. Patrick, who's the bomb, yeah. an amazing guy, incredible <laughs> yeah. teacher. Yep. I mean, all the people you've had on are just like, it's an honor to be amongst any of these guys, <laughs> Frank, Larry, all those guys are just, holy shit. Yep. And, um, but I did a lot of album work. I did a lot of album packaging and Clay okay. and I would compete. And that, that was a very fun experience because you're not only taking pictures of bands, but you're also doing the package work where you're creating art, yep. you know, maybe the cover is different, you know, all these kinds of things. I miss that kind of stuff. So when I get jobs like editorial gigs where I, I, I kind of have to, and, and you're free for yeah. the most part where it's like, oh, you're photographing. Like I just photographed Jimmy Kimmel oh, wow. and it's just like, okay, you're going to have X amount of time with him. Like you're going to have a half hour with him and you're going to be, we need three shots and you're going to be backstage after his show. And we need a cover. We need some sort of environmental idea shot and, and something where he's like writing something at his desk. And it's yep. like, okay, that's three pictures and anything else I can grab. Mm-hmm. And no, no real, you know, I could set up for the portrait, but, you know, I kind of had to ad lib, you know, the other stuff in his office because we literally went into the office and figure out what we were going to do basically 
after the show when we had that time with him. So, mm. and it was scary, you know, it's uncomfortable. And, but that's how it used to be. It's like you get thrown into a room. This is the room you got to work with yeah. and you got to make it happen. Yeah. So I, I like that kind of work and I really don't get to do that as much. And that's why I do miss editorial where you, 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 some other times, you know, it's bigger production. We really hammer out some big concept ideas and we build for that and they, you know, we come up with that stuff and that's amazing. Mm. But the stuff I used to do a lot, which I, I felt like I really got built my chops on where, you know, I did a lot of work for ESPN magazine where, you know, I'd be thrown into a locker room and you're going to have them in a half an hour and you got to make it work. And, and we create stuff with light, you know, Alan Iverson, I got put in a cinder block room wall and, <laughs> and he was a guy that I don't even think he even saw me, you know, before, after, and during <laughs> the shoot, you know, it was, yeah. You know, I mean, he's a nice enough person. He worked with me, but we never talked. He never said anything to me. I had five minutes and he rolled, you know, and, yep. but we set up a little, a little solution where we had two lighting scenarios within the same space he sat. And, um, so he didn't have to move. I, I did one kind of drama style one and I turned off one light, turned on another, had another one, you know, and we got it done. And it was one of my most favorite shoots and uh, with a result I was really thrilled with, you know, and I think the hardest thing for any person, you know, and what we do as photographers, letting go of what you think you're going to get or what you hope to get or what you think you have to get and yeah. letting it be what it becomes, yeah. you know, and, um, and embracing that, mm. you know, where, you know, you have an idea going in, this is the thing I absolutely want to get, mm that might get tossed out of the window immediately and you have to kind of scramble and work on your feet and yeah, you end up with something different and many times better, you know, Definitely. and no matter what, it's like, you're going to come out with something hopefully, <laughs> you know, and, and, I, and, and most of the time, maybe sometimes you're bummed. You feel like, Oh God, that sucked. But then two days later after you're sort of detached from it, you look mm -hmm. back at it again. It's like, Oh, these are rad. I got some cool stuff, you know, you can yeah. separate from the experience. Kind of go and you with, kind of see yeah. it for what it is. Yeah, go with an open mind and kind of see where it yeah. where, see where it takes you. Um, I know one one photo I gotta ask you about. I mean, I'm sure everyone asks you about it. Um, I, I know you photographed Obama for I believe it was the cover of popular mm -hmm. popular science magazine. Uh, how mm -hmm. how was that experience photographing him being as a president like? was there any challenge mm -hmm. was there any challenges how did you kind of prepare for that shoot and yeah this how did that kind of yeah go? well for a stoner metalhead from the east bay to be in a let into the white house at all was just an amazing thing yeah. you know but um it was very uh you know it's like a dream you know it's like any photographer it's like oh my god you we want you to go to the white house and photograph the president like, <laughs> yeah you know, holy shit really yeah <laughs> okay do deep background check hopefully they'll let me in you know kind of thing and and but you know it was a process that was like very who knows what was going to happen literally up until two days before it did happen mm -hmm. and we photographed him on january 3rd on a monday which was you know production wise the worst thing for any you know crew to kind of set up they didn't have a lot of money so we didn't even know until the Friday. It was during the middle of Christmas, right? Oh, so it's yes. between Christmas and New Year's. So <laughs> that whole week, you know, everybody shut down, but yet we're slated to go to the White House on Monday, but it's not confirmed. Mm. And it was confirmed basically on that Friday and that we would have four minutes with him and they'll let us know what room we'll be in. And, you know, it'll be the first day he's back 
from Hawaii after, you know, holiday break and all that kind of stuff. And, and I had, I, you know, so, you know, I work with them a lot with popular science. So, you know, we had a good working relationship and Thomas Payne, who's the photo editor there, was just an awesome guy who I knew back in the day when Blender magazine was happening. And so we were doing some nice work for popular science. And, um, so going in, it was just like, okay, we just want to, try to get as much out of it as we can, but they wanted this really kind of the cover was their whole idea was like, he's, you know, rolling up his shirt, she's in his shirt sleeves or something kind of casual. And, mm. and I wanted this like really, you know, powerful, iconic image of him, you know, for myself. Yeah. So, um, and they were into that too. So we wanted to get at least two looks, one with the jacket on and one with the jacket off. But, you know, we, it was a surreal experience. You know, we're at the security gate. We've got to leave all our gear outside you know, go into the media room where they do all the press, you know, stuff with all the, you know, the White House spokes, press spokesman or whatever, yeah. you know, while the dogs are going through all our gear on Pennsylvania Avenue, you know, and it's like, I, <laughs> I, I was like, I'm watching, you know, the spot where all the president's men, you know, they drive in during the Nixon year and like go through the security gates, the same security gate, and they're mm. checking all my stuff and secret service and, <laughs> you know, and then we end up going to this little room, the map room, and, you know, everything around in the in the White House is, like, priceless, you know, like George Washington's chair and, yeah. you know, all this weird stuff, you know, that, you know, people with white gloves, you know, would move if we needed it moved. But we had a tiny little area to work with. Yeah. I had to cut a, cut a nine-foot seamless down to six feet, you know, yeah. and um, we had about an hour to set up. Mm. And... Um, and then he rolled in and just the coolest guy ever, you know, nice. I mean, they had us line up, you know, in order. So when he comes in, he would, you know, we get to all shake his hand all the way down. And then he basically grabbed me. Yeah. It's like, all right, you're the artist. And, <laughs> and the, the clock started ticking, you yeah. know, and we just developed a system to do two different things really fast. And mm. I told my assistant after we got the first shot, like, give me the minute, you know, after we've done one minute, we got to, change his have him take his jacket off and okay so i did the picture i wanted this profile thing that i was really stoked on mm. and then flipped the one light off had the other light and said mr president can you take your jacket off now and as he's taking his jacket off i i got that shot where he's rolling up the, the shirt sleeves it's mm. just a nice grab you know and yeah and uh but it was one of those things i was practically puking the night before i hadn't been nervous for anything in a long time you know <laughs> yeah it doesn't get any higher and than they'll that. pull off something <laughs> yeah and it was just like god i gotta i gotta crush this you know yeah. this is it you know and, and, and this is the coolest president ever and, yeah. you know it's like I, you gotta nail it and it's gotta i would imagine it's <laughs> right. gotta be a challenge like this he's been photographed so many times by like the best photographers in yeah. the world including yourself and it's like yeah did, did you kind of go back and like look at all the photo photos that have been taken? oh yeah yeah oh totally yeah. yeah yeah i spent the night before looking at other people's work you know and and then Bob Kander did one shot of him. I was just yeah. like, God, I yeah. want to shoot that picture of him. And it was, <laughs> and it was like, that was not what popular science wanted. Popular science wanted a white background. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I got to live with that. I got to just deal with that, you know, but I never saw anybody shoot him like in full profile. Mm -hmm. And, and that was one thing. And I wanted just something really strong, mm -hmm. you know, almost like if they're going to put him his likeness on the quarter, I wanted that to be the picture, you know what I mean? Or something something that felt really strong, powerful, yet inviting. And, and, and I got that picture. That's a picture I love. And, you know, a couple other pictures I was really happy with too, you know? Um, 
it's hard to like, you know, work that quick. The other thing is we had like four cameras, like ready for any backup. Cause you know, every time you, you have something prominent, you know, big or high profile, there's always some technical failure. Oh, Everything yeah. works totally perfectly until literally stand on, on yeah. the mark and you go and something doesn't fire or like, yep. you know, computer crashes or something. Mm. And uh, that happened to me with Mark Zuckerberg where we had, were good to go. We had six minutes with him and then everything was fine. And he steps up and all of a sudden the capture breaks down. And I couldn't get anything going. Yeah. Back wasn't loaded with a, with a, uh, with a card. And we fumbled around for four minutes of that time trying to get the, everything going again. Yikes. And, uh, you know, with the president, we had four cameras, like it, everything was <laughs> redundant. If this goes, we go to this, we go to this, we go to this, you know, no matter what. Yeah. We, we weren't going to have that happen. There's, that was my biggest fear. Yeah, like, there's no everything sec- takes a shit. Yeah, you know? yeah. There's no and, second, uh, no second tries with the president. <laughs> it's uh... no, 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 no. He's not going to stop the clock for me. He's going <laughs> to he's going to bolt. You yeah, know, yeah. he's got to go deal with a gun lobby and gun yeah. control issues. Like yeah. literally, that's what he's going to do. Like yeah. after with us, I'm like I think that's a little more important to get your picture taken. So. Yeah, I guess uh, one thing I was going to ask is, is like, yeah. being that you photographed everyone from like like you said, like Mark Zuckerberg to Obama. Serena Williams. Um, what do you think the key to being a successful portrait photographer is? Like, how do you deal with those situations where it's a tough personality because you need to get a good mm-hmm. photo at the end of the day? Like, how do you kind of mediate mm-hmm. those, mediate those situations? Um. Well, first off, it if you know what you want to get, that's important. Yeah. You do it quick. You got to be fast, but you also have to be very assertive. Like, do this. You know, like. I want you to do this. Like, you know, with LeBron, you know, he's a pretty cool guy, but, um, you know, by the time I did the, the one picture with the ball, you know, I'm so anal, like, you know, I, I probably drove more crazy to be just perfectly symmetrical. Like I needed his <laughs> elbows up, you know, you know, in a perfect way. I wanted to hold the ball with the laces in the right way, you know, where they're all symmetrical. And I wanted his jaw dead straight. And I wanted the light dead paramount right over his nose, you know? So a lot of testing and prep, you know, before he walks on helps, you know, mm-hmm. so I have something to actually show him. So I actually, like, this is the picture I want to do with you. So that's the start. And he's cool, you know? Yep. Um, but it's also, you know, like just kind of going, you know, it's just shoot, shoot, shoot. Like with the president, I started asking him about his golf game. Cause I love golf. Yeah, I'm a yeah. huge golf fan. I was like, so I was golfing in Hawaii. He's like, I was really good. And then it was just like, okay, you know, I can't have a conversation with him because I, you know, I, I have four minutes, you know, yep. three minutes or whatever the fuck. And, mm-hmm. um, so I had to, I couldn't talk to him. I was like, so how was it? How's the game? Blah, blah, blah. And I was yep. like, oh yeah, I love what it was. No, just shoot, like shoot, shoot, shoot your shoot, way shoot. through it. And that's yeah. what I had to do. Shoot, shoot, shoot. You're, if you're having a conversation, shoot through it. Yep. If you don't want them to talk, then don't talk to them, you know, but position them and be strong with Serena we didn't know it at the time, but she was just, you know, she was, you know, 10 weeks pregnant, I guess, but nobody knew. Mm -hmm. So she wasn't feeling good, you know, and she was doing a commercial at the same time as was LeBron as we were shooting. So we got her for a short amount of time, but she just wasn't for whatever reason, really into it. You know, I could just see it and she was tired and, but I wanted to get that really strong portrait, you know, of her looking down the lens. And I just had to, you know, push her into it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I'm really sorry, but if you do this, it's going to be amazing. You know, and just, you know, kind of cheerlead them through this. As soon as I get this done, you're, you're done kind of stuff, you know, work quick. Yep. Don't mess around, you know, and, but yet don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Yeah. That's the hardest thing. I think you got to just like jump out and yeah, you know, this is, 
this is what we're going to do. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, it seems, seems like a smart way to go about it. Just kind of explain to them like the start and finish point so they know what you want to get done. It's not just like this open-ended, mm-hmm. open-ended thing so then they can kind of work with you and just try to get it done. Because I would imagine to them, it's just, yeah. it, having another photograph to them, is just, it's just another chore in their day. Like so, it's Yeah, like, you, I can't you, imagine this is not what they... You know, LeBron didn't get into basketball to be photographed, mm-hmm. you know, like I just I don't care about basketball, but I just can't wait to get my picture taken for, <laughs> yeah. you know, a big, you know, magazine or, you know, some, you know, advertising campaign. Yeah. You know, that's not the dream. You know, I'm not the guy like at the end of the tunnel, the light at the end of the tunnel, <laughs> like, finally, I got to Scott. I get to, you know, I get to work with you. This is the dream. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's trying to get him out there, but also to be fun, you know, try to have mm-hmm. fun with them and. And also still look for the surprise. Like for me, I can't, if I, if I'm really, even though it's a short amount of time, Mm. you know, if I'm shooting through stuff, something happens, I notice it. Oh, stop, do that. That was amazing. You know, try to, you know, be aware of, Mm -hmm. of things as they happen. And that's a hard thing I have to do. I have to keep my, you know, keep on myself with is I'll get so hung up. And I talked about this a little bit before, but I get really hung up on the one picture I really want to get. And I don't allow for the, the, the magic of the mistake or something to yeah. happen spontaneously Yeah, to, cause I, to see that. Yeah. So. I would imagine. Cause like those shoots, it's like, everything's moving so fast. Your adrenaline's going, but mm-hmm. it's almost important. Mm-hmm. You got to like take a step back and be like, all right, what are we mm-hmm. trying to do here? Cause it is a hard thing to do. Like, especially in those shoots where you only have five minutes, I guess. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, you just learn those things over time. I'd imagine. Um, well, it's also, you have a team behind, you know, I, I have great assistants, you know, mm-hmm. great people that I'm comfortable with that know me. So, mm-hmm. you know, they got my back yeah. and they're watching things for me and helping me. So, you know, it's, it's, it's always a team effort and, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, without them holding the, holding the, you know, mm-hmm. holding the reins and directing, keeping me together, then I, I can just focus on what I'm doing, you know, yeah. and, and they got me. Yeah, so def- they, and def- sometimes I have to, like, I see move that light and sometimes I get short, especially when I have zero time. I, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, I'll not snap, but, you know, I'll kind of go around, you know, like <laughs> move the light, you know, yeah, kind of yeah. like now kind of thing, you know, and you yeah, hate yeah. it, but you have to do it, you know, yeah, it's something it. that's unconscious. Too, it's like now, you know, yeah. and, you know, and that's just the way it goes mm-hmm. you know, sometimes. So you have to kind of yeah. bark a little bit here and there, but, um, yeah. You know, and then I guess to be a barker. Yeah. <laughs> you seem like a nice guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess it's like looking back at all the work you've done. Are there like any shoots that you kind of look back at that are like really memorable to you? Um, this like as an experience or just the photos in general, like mm-hmm. you've done so much. Is there anything that kind of, Kind of oh my out. god <laughs> i should have anticipated that question yeah. <laughs> honestly man it, it's hard for me to yeah <sighs> wow um i mean a lot of it's just photographing bands like for me in the 90s it's like I, I i did so much music so i got to meet some of my heroes like i you know i photographed van halen and i loved eddie van halen so i got to photograph eddie van halen yeah. um you know i at the time like i was a huge aerosmith fan and you know in the in the seventies, actually in the early days before, you know, the kind of late eighties vibe they were doing or whatever. But, you know, so to photograph Aerosmith and Steven Tyler and all those guys, like I, I remember one of the roller rink and hearing dream on as I was trying to, you know, skate around the damn rink with yeah. some chick when I was like 13 years old, you know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, so dream on. So that was huge. You know, 
and to be able to, you know, take pictures of some of those guys that I'm really happy with, you know, and throughout all of that, I mean, I've been blessed. I've photographed so many people and had so many challenges put in front of me and, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, had, you know, like I've been working with the offspring forever and they, they're my friends. And yeah. I got to travel around the world. So it's not only the photo shoots themselves, like there's so many that, you know, I'm proud of and, I don't know. I can't even literally think of one experience <laughs> yeah, tough. other than the one with the president recent, you know, that's yep. the most recent true yeah. insane experience. Like that topped all of it for me and mm-hmm. just surreal quality and like, Holy shit, yep. I'm really here kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, but it's all for the most part when I get to shoot, you know, photograph people, like I really, you know, they're human too. You know, you, there are these, you know, mega God like figures that we see through, television or you know shows or you know and they're incredible athletes that are just amazing but they're also they're just people too you know and and i i I tend to like it's hard not to be starstruck with some of these people for me at least and and um i've always been kind of in that realm so it's it's hard to kind of like just be yourself and and get in there and Mm -hmm. and uh do your job you know and uh so I've learned throughout, like when I photographed Johnny Depp, like that was also a big deal. And yeah. especially to the girl, my girlfriend at the time, who was just like went nuts, you know, <laughs> totally freaked out about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's just the coolest dude. I mean, we just listened to Rolling Stone, you know, he just had his iPod and we played, he was just playing his, you know, Rolling Stones and all this cool music. And we just chilled and it was his birthday. And we brought him a little birthday cake and he hung out and we smoked cigarettes and <laughs> shot the shit about Hunter Thompson. Yep. And it was just like, that's the fucking coolest thing ever. You yeah. know, like that was rap. Yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of the best thing about just, photography. It's the shooting, yeah. but it's also just the hanging. You get to hang for a second, you know? And Yeah, it forces and you to have, connect. like, experiences. I mean, photography kind of being, a, mm-hmm. especially a portrait photographer, it just kind of leads to you get to have these amazing experiences that you, otherwise you would never have, you know? That's just kind of the way I would Yeah, think. like, we've done, I, I think now it makes me think of, like, the Lonely Island guys, like yeah. Andy Samberg and um, those guys, like, I did all their record covers like that they'd done. And I mean, we just, I never laughed so hard in my life, you know, <laughs> working with those guys. And like, we just did so many fun things, ridiculous things. And, mm. you know, also Stephen Colbert, ridiculously fun, great guy, you know, just so fun to work with someone who wants to be there, you know, and collaborate with you and, wow. and make funny pictures, you know, like, I mean, you know, Stephen Colbert dressed up like Richard Branson, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and put it put put basically my wife on his back naked because <laughs> then she was my girlfriend. She kind of saved the day. Another model was supposed to be there. She didn't do so. My wife came in and saved the day, and no one even knows it's Colbert. It's like it, you know, it's it, they think it's actually Richard Branson, but it's him. But like, I mean, he was so into it. You know, we drenched him in water and did this crazy little short video. It's on my yeah my on my site where you know it's just those are experiences that when you get to work with people that want to work with you that really are into it and have fun, yep. it's, that's the priceless stuff, man. That's like, that's when you just giggle like, <laughs> Oh my God, how did I get so lucky? Yeah, you know, to def- be able to do that. So. Yeah, definitely. And then, I mean, I guess just to wrap up my last question is this, um, what do you think like the key to your success has been like in this business? I mean, it's hard to be a photographer just in general, but just to kind of sustain it for mm. so long. Um, what do you think the key to your success has been um, doing this for so long? 
Um, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I know luck. I think there's a lot of luck, a lot of hard work. Um, you know, hopefully maintaining relationships, you know, some of the, the, the people I'm working with, I've known for, you know, you know, creative directors and people like known all my life and never really got the chance to work with them until more recently. You never know when or how things will come along, but, you know, hopefully, you know, for me, it's, it's staying in love. I always kind of say that, you know, photography is like a marriage and, you know, a relationship that, you know, you have your good days and your bad days and you fight a lot and then you love each other a lot yeah. kind of thing. And, <laughs> and sometimes you want to divorce and you just want to bail and screw this and over it. And yeah. but ultimately it's like, for me is the fight to stay in love, to mm-hmm. stay into this relationship. And, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it can be really, really dark and rocky sometimes, you know, it's not like this, you know, presently right now, it's not, it's, it's changing. It's a lot, you know, I wish I was working more, you know, as like a lot of other people and the landscapes changed and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I've gone through, like I said, many evolutions where, you know, it was all film and then digital and digital, digital, and then changing. And, you know, it's just, you're always, you know, to stay up and hopefully, you know, um, uh, in it, you know, you have to keep evolving and that's hard. That's painful because it means you have to go through, growing pains. And that means for me, which is the worst thing is taking bad pictures, you know, and, and working through that, going through, you know, you know, that kind of metamorphosis of, of starting over, you know, yeah. like, okay, I'm going to throw away everything I've done. And, and, and what do I want to see, you know? Mm-hmm. And when you have projects that come up to help like light that fire again, you know, the prison things help me, you know, even this little shoot I did last week for my buddy with the hat, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm forced to deal with the sun only mm-hmm. and nobody helping me. And that's, yeah. you know, I think you have to have humility enough to be willing to go through that, you know? Yeah. And, um, and if the war if, if you do well, maybe the work comes, you know, maybe it doesn't, you know, yeah. but you know, I only know how to be a photographer really. You yeah. know, I, I'm also a teacher, but, it's hard to sustain, you know, you know, a family on, on a teacher's yeah. salary for sure. But mm-hmm. I get to do that. That's inspiring. You yeah. know, these kids are learning how to, you know, process film. And, um, so that to me is like, like makes me look at, you know, this full circle thing that I've come through and like, wow, I remember being there. And I remember what teachers showed me stuff that got me inspired. And it's actually inspiring me to be their inspiration right now, which yeah. is incredible. So, yeah, that's amazing. So I think that's, yeah so and a then, lot of that stuff but yeah. i think being lucky enough to still be doing it is is really what it comes down to you know i'm lucky yeah and then do you have like any goals for your photography moving forward or anything you're looking to work on or pursue for the future um yeah i mean i just want to keep growing you know i you know, I shoot so much in the studio. I want to shoot outside, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I want to be out in the world again. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, there's a few, I, 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 I'm trying to put together a Kickstarter campaign for this, uh, this travel book that I, I've been, this Polaroid book that I, I made a kind of a, a rough start on, um, that it's pretty cool, you know, that I really want to publish legit. And, uh, that's been a long time dream of mine. And, um, you know, I just want to kind of push, push more personal projects, trying to assign myself the things that I don't get assigned commercially. Yeah. Um, but doing it old school, um, like I was in art school with no money, you know, kind of going back to basics, you mm-hmm. know, beginner's mind, mm-hmm. you know, working, you know, skeleton crew, if any crew, you know, and, 
and getting out in that place of discomfort again. You know, I think that's what always makes me make better pictures, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, the prison project has been really fun, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I, I've really learned a lot, you know, about that and it's growing, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, and just going out and grabbing a person and, you know, stopping them on the street and taking their picture. I mean, that's what I used to do. Like, yeah being willing to do that kind of stuff again, you know, there's always like inspiration in movies and other people's work and, you know, but just to pick up the camera and have it with you and Mm -hmm. and learn to see again, Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's the gem right there for me to continue to grow hopefully as an artist, you know, definitely. Well, I just want to thank you, Scott, for taking the time to come on here. It was a real pleasure getting to speak with you and, uh, yeah, I can't thank you enough. And, uh, for people that are going to listen to this where's the best place for them to check out your work um my work uh, you can check out my work on uh fscottshafer.com and uh f-s-c-o-t-t-s-c-h-a-f-e-r everybody spells my last name wrong but yeah check it out there if you have any questions email me my email is on there too i always love getting responses you know way i can help people that want to do it I'm always thrilled to get, you know, emails from people. Nice. Perfect. Well, thanks, Scott. I guess we can just cut it there. I really appreciate you taking the time. So there you have it. That was the F. Scott Schaefer interview. I want to thank Scott so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure getting to speak with him about all his work and experience. Scott is just such an amazing portrait photographer uh, with a wealth of knowledge. So it was definitely a pleasure getting to speak with him. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And going forward, just want to let you know I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as on my website at alexgagnephoto.com and my Instagram at alexgagnephoto. Thanks so much for listening and take care.